Welcome to another edition of Manchester's Burning. It is uh, Friday, December the 4th of the year 2020. And I'm going to be, uh, maybe we're going to be changing course with this particular uh, video. I don't know, but I've received some feedback from, from people around the previous videos and what they liked and what they did not like. Now, some of the things that people did not like, I'm not able really to change at this point unless you want to invest a million dollars into Manchester's burning and then I can get an actual studio with good lighting. But I don't, I don't think anyone out there is going to give me a million dollars to do anything. But I'm going to try to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more real because people have been talking about, hey, where's your personality? Uh, you know, it's probably lost on the highway. But, you know, I got to, you know, that's got to come out, you know. So, but I want to, uh, I want to be real with, with everyone, as they say. Um, and just maybe this should have been the pilot episode as, a, as opposed to that uh, dumpster fire that was the first one. Uh, where I was, you know, uh, as nervous as uh, someone going to their first prom uh, and not ever, uh, not ever dating before. But so I'm going to be a little bit real and tell you where I'm coming from as a fan of football, as a fan of Manchester football and Manchester United and Manchester City. But I'm going to start with the grand artist, soccer player, philosopher, sort of now actor. Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona is one of my favorite football players ever. And because he was such an individualist. And that resonates with me a great deal because I try, I have tried for the last, I'd say, 10 years to be an individualist myself, but on a rational way. And I call myself a, a rational egotist, meaning that I'm an individualist first, but I'm rational about it. Uh, I don't... I am actually rationally selfish and being rationally selfish actually means that you are not an altruist. You don't put, you don't sacrifice yourself. You put yourself out there first, but you choose yourself what you values you want to achieve. And what you do is an attempt to obtain those in the best way possible. I don't believe, for example, that uh, being rationally selfish means that you ignore other people or you pounce on other people or you even just or you try to get over on other people. That's not rational self uh, selfishness at all. It's not. What is rational self selfishness is getting into relationships with people where there is a win win gain and equal gain by both in the long term. That is. No one loses. No one is sacrificed. I'm not sacrificed, neither is somebody else. Eric Cantona was the ultimate football individualist. And his previous coaches in France said that about him. Uh, and that's why I've always admired him. Now, did Eric Cantona make horrible mistakes? Yeah, definitely. M more than once. But I'll start with one of his quotes, though, which gets me started on the rest of the theme here. And his actually most famous quote. He's had three of them, but one of his most famous quotes was after the incident where he, uh, you know, karate chopped a fan in the stands back in uh, 1995, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Uh, he said this, quote, when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you very much. Um, if he were an American let's say football player, American football player or basketball player, 
I, I mean, that would have been the quote of the century. And I, I, but I think it's the quote of the century as far as um, in soccer terms goes. Um, that just showed what an individualist he is and also the sacrificial nature of the English press and football, which still exists in its pretty much the same form as it is today. But the quote I want to talk about actually more is his quote about having being a fan of a particular football or soccer team. And he said, you can change your wife, you can your politics, your religion, but never, never can you change your favorite football team. Big words. So I want to talk a little bit more, a little bit about that. I'll say the quote again. You can change your wife, your politics, your religion, but never, never can you change your favorite football team. And a lot of people say that. And I've gotten a lot of grief because, you know, I seem to uh, follow or support or like uh, multiple soccer football teams. But here's the thing. Yes, I'll admit that I'm a football polygamist now say football, not anything else, football polygamist, meaning that I have liked, followed multiple teams in multiple countries. With that said, I will tell you this. So are a lot of you. The age of streaming services, the internet, multiple networks, TV deals, all this other thing has provided football from multiple countries, multiple continents into everyone's living room for the la- over the last decade and a half. And that's why football has become as big as it is now as far as money is concerned. So with that being said, the book, the pivotal books, Soccernomics, wrote um, almost a decade ago now, I believe, that most everyone follows or supports a team in multiple countries. And what that means is someone would support a team in England, support a team in Germany, support a team in Italy, support a team in the United States, etc. And frankly, so do I. I support a team in England. I support my uh, team in Germany. I support a team in Italy, the United States, and in Mexico. I'm a soccer fan. I'm a football fan. Soccer, football. Okay, I'm interchangeable here. I love football. I love Manchester football. I'm just like, I think everyone else, you know, yeah. And with that being said, most everyone has fans and fans in different teams in different countries. So, for example, like in about, let's say, four years ago, there was no soccer team, football team in Atlanta, Georgia, where I was living or I am living now. So I had favorite teams in uh, England, which was Manchester United, teams in Germany, et cetera, et cetera, that I followed. But then in 2017, Atlanta United was born, played their first game in Atlanta, and there you go. Started following Atlanta United, you know, um, and so forth. Um, and then I added on to that as I became more and more passionate. I was like, oh, I started looking at German football. It's like, oh, Borussia Dortmund, great team, great club, great history. Boom, there you go. Everyone has favorite songs. Everyone has favorite movies. Everyone has favorite uh, actors and so forth. And I, and I challenge you to challenge everyone to say this is just because you, you have a favorite band 
your favorite movie, favorite actor, etc., does not mean that you don't like other actors or other musicians, or other bands, other other things. That that doesn't make any bit of sense. That doesn't make any bit of sense at all. And so uh, my favorite band of all time is U2. You may not like U2 at all. You may hate them. You may think that their latest music is garbage or, you know, gerbil food, whatever. But that doesn't mean I don't like other bands. I, you know, I love U2. That's going to be my favorite band forever. And, but uh, I like the National. I like R.E.M. I like the Pink Floyd. I like, um, you know, uh you know, he's like the Cure, he's like the Pesh Mode. I mean, and, but you know, I liked them. They weren't my favorite bands, you know. Um, but I liked them. Same thing here. The same rule, but doesn't make sense to be like, all right, I'm just gonna like one team. That's it. No, that's it. Now I may have a favorite team. You know, a team that I uh, that I that is my favorite that it, over all others. Okay, got it. But I'm gonna like other teams and other things. Um, you know, it's not like you're gonna eat. Uh, Mexican food all the time and that's it you know um, and, and because it's my favorite food you know I'm just gonna eat it all the time now I'm gonna eat Chinese I'm gonna eat Italian I'm gonna eat uh, you know Spanish I'm gonna eat German food whatever um, but I will have my favorites and so does everyone else and everyone has teams that they're that a team that there's their favorite team overall teams that they like teams that they follow in other places and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that so that brings me to Bill Simmons. Now, Bill Simmons is one of my favorite uh, sports journalists, writers, uh, and so forth. And, and I wish one day that I could write like him, to be honest with, with you. Um, and I frankly don't have time to write a darn thing. I, I just don't. I, you, know, um, you know, I have another job that actually pays me money. This one, this does not. Um, and I spend a lot of time on that. In fact, I've worked the last 13, 12 out of 14 days. You know, so my I got brain damage right now. Um, so with that being said, Bill Simmons is one of my favorite um, writers of sports. He's very funny. He brings in pop culture, etc. He wrote a, a but one of his most important seminal articles or columns that he wrote was I think mean, I think mean, two million years ago, uh, where he basically titled um, a um, uh, an article called "Rules for Being a True Fan," and so he was talking about quote rules of being a fan and being a true fan you know so um and you know now some of the rules that he had there um we were talking about you know um wearing uh your favorite team's jersey don't put your name on it uh if you go to an opposing team's uh or if you're a fan of the opposing team at a home stadium you know don't be a, a jerk about it you know etc so forth but the critical ones that that i want to talk about is the, the final uh, rules 18 and 19 so i'm going to quote and it's under the, the tag loyalties number 18 if you live in a city that has fielded a professional team since your formative years you have to root for that team none of this the Bengals were very good when i was growing up in cincy so i became a cowboys fan um also, you cannot uh, start rooting for a team, back off when they're down, cycle, then renew the relationship once the team starts winning again. I've been guilty of that a million times, and so have almost everyone that I know has been guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. Rule 19, though, 
I want to talk about that because I actually wrote an article about that not too long. Rule 19, quote, once you choose a team, you're stuck with that team for the rest of your life unless one of the following conditions applies. Now, one of those conditions is if the team moves. And one of the caveats, one of the bullet points, sorry for the, the lapse here, my brain, my brain started melting. Um, the, is quote, the owner of your favorite team treated his fans so egregiously over the years that you couldn't take it anymore. You would rather not follow them at all than support a franchise with, the own, with this owner in charge. Just for the record, I reached the point with the Boston Bruins about six years ago. When it happens, you have two options. You can either renounce that team and pick someone else, or you can pretend they're dead. So that brings me to Manchester. I don't know when. I have no idea when. But over a decade ago, I started following and supporting Manchester United. And Sir Alex was still managing them. They were still winning titles. I knew nothing about their current ownership, didn't care. I really, I, I loved Wayne Rooney because he looked like someone you would meet at a bar, literally. And that actually probably is literally true. Well, I, I'm sure it is. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love the uniforms. They're my favorite color. I mean, just, you know, a bunch of different reasons uh, there. I uh, love David Beckham. Uh, you know, they were all over popular culture. Um, and so, and, and, you know, and they had played attacking football, exciting football. Uh, it was a roller coaster supporting them and so forth. Now, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why these rules are out there, and they're, and you can find this anywhere, all about soccer, football, about being a fan, it talks about being a fan for life of that team until I die, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they, it, it goes into this. When you are young, this is why you end up having a favorite band or a favorite uh, actor, movie, and so forth. When you are younger, when you're a teenager, child, teenager, young adult, things have a much more at that time period of your life because everything is, a, is incredibly emotionally intense. Uh, early memories, early things sear into your brain. It's called imprinting. And so certain events, certain things uh, that happen, uh, good, bad, and indifferent, get imprinted into your brain when you're young. And the, because of the intense emotional resonance of it, your brain is almost branded with that. Now that, as it, and it could be, and, and you hear it a lot in regards to traumatic events for, for people when they're younger, those are imprinted. And, and so it, it is hard to break away from that because of the emotional intensity of it is more intense um, as your brain is developing as a child, young adult, an adolescent than anything else. So with that being said, when you are much younger, you, when you end up with your first, your favorite sports team, then it has a lot more resonance as a child, adolescent, young adult than it does later. And so the, the emotional attachment is stronger um, at that time. And it's just part of brain development. It's part of psychological development. And so when I was younger, 
you know, um, more things were emotionally imprinting into my brain. So, for example, um, when I was, you know, eight or nine years old, uh, I lived in multiple cities my entire life, and 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 I uh, took my first trip in, that I can remember into a downtown. Guess what? That downtown was Atlanta, Georgia. That got imprinted. That experience got imprinted into my brain very young, and ever since, I wanted to come back. Eventually, after years of trying, I did come back. Um, it was that's imprinting. Um, U2 was, became my favorite band when I was 15, 16 years old. Very critical point in my life at that time um, for various different reasons, which I may talk about in another episode, but, but it was a very critical time. And so thus that imprinting, that emotional imprinting, those songs and music and everything else happening when I was young got imprinted into my brain and it stayed there. Um, same thing with Manchester United. The same thing happened. Now, I was a little bit older, but basically the same thing. And so it stuck. And for to this day, I don't know exactly why it was them, but I know it was them. And so it stuck. And as the Bill Simmons article talks about, and as Eric Cantona talks about in his quote, it, you, you can't change that. And so, yeah, all kidding aside, maybe um, you have to stick with your team for life. And that's why people say that. Now, I do agree with what Simmons says about the owners, and I and and this is what I'm very passionate about too, about Manchester United particularly, is the owners, as I've said in other episodes, are absolute looters. When they took over Manchester United in 2005, they leveraged the club to do so. They put the club up as collateral in order to take over the club they sunk an anchor of debt into the club and have taken over a billion pounds of money out of the club since then and they continue to do so regardless of whether or not Manchester United makes a profit or not whether or not whether or not they're good on the pitch or not it doesn't matter they take the money out they are absolute secondhand looters and they have stolen money from the glory and the 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 accomplishments and the productivity of that club over centuries they have done that that is second-handedness and it is morally philosophically wrong and they have treated the fans like dirt dirt for over a decade i still love the club but i i cannot stand the glazers i cannot stand them as owners they are horrible their puppet master well their puppet master is over at woodward he is a, a financial banker great fine you're wonderful money and he's done a great job at that but manchester united is a business that masquerades as a football team there's nothing wrong with making a profit but what is wrong is how you do it and they've done it by essentially um fleecing everything and the owners have in a have anchored the club in debt. That's bad financial business management, but it's worked out for them. They take out millions and millions of dollars of dividends every year and will continue to do so. In January, they're going to take out another $7 million in, in dividends. And then they turn around and say, well, that's good investment. Well, that's a good investment for them, but not good for the business, not good for the fans, not good for the club on the field. So the owners are terrible. Just like with bands, music, uh, movies, food, TV shows, and so forth, yeah, I have my favorites, but I admire and like other teams. And so I love Manchester. Um, 
and I and there's another team in Manchester with Manchester City, and that's why this 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 thing is called Manchester's Burning because I like Manchester City. Are they my favorite 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 team? No, but I admire what they do as as a team as a club that is a club that happens to be a business. What they've realized is they invest the owners have invested in the club to make the club the best in England, the best in the world. And then the results speak for themselves. And as the results on the pitch get better, the product is better, as as any business should be. As the product gets better, more people buy into it, more people buy the product, purchase the product, and so forth. And then you get more money, and then you take the money and you reinvest it, and the cycle continues, and you get better and better and better, and the product on the field. And I really like Pep Guardiola. He's the second best manager in all of football behind Jurgen Klopp. I really like Manchester City's style of play. Um, I like their history. I like the culture of Manchester how, and how Manchester City actually is the club of Manchester. They really are. The, one of the best things that the owners have done is they have not tried to burn Manchester City's history. They've embraced it. They've, embra- they've allowed the, the people on the ground in Manchester to hold on to the history, hold on to the culture, hold on to its roots in Manchester. Manchester United has become a global uh, entity uh, and so forth. And, and, the, and I said in that respect, it's not bad, but they don't necessarily, the owners have tried to burn Manchester United's history locally. And, and so they don't seem to represent, they represent something else entirely. Again, there's nothing wrong with making a profit. It's how you make it. Do you make it rationally? with a long-term interest, or do you do it by slash and burn? The Glazers slash and burn. The owners, City Football Group, and Manchester City put out the best product and let everything else, the results, happen. The results increase fan interest. More in fan interest means more into the business, money-wise, resource-wise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is a, is a great mo- is a great model, um, and so I may you know Manchester United may be my favorite team in England, and they are, but I really like Manchester City. Is that wrong? And a lot of fans will say, yeah, it is, because they're a rival. I don't agree. I don't agree with that. You can admire, you can like, you can and so forth. They're just not you know they're just not my favorite favorite. But I really like them anyways. I like, I like you know, the style of play. I like the coach. I like the culture. I like the history. I like how they run themselves as a business and a soccer club at the same time with soccer being first or football being first. I like that. Um, I have other teams that I, I really like. I, I, I love Borussia Dortmund in Germany. I love Atlanta United. Um, I follow a team in Mexico because my wife is Mexican in, in Pumas. I mean, do you just eat one food? Do you just listen to one band? I guess some people do, but it's the same concept. But that imprinting, Manchester United got imprinted into me when I was young. U2 got imprinted into me when I was young. Atlanta got imprinted into me when I was young. And that imprinting has led me to where I am here. And so it's okay to like more than one team. Most all of you do. You just maybe won't admit it. Just because you like them and you like certain players, you like coaches and so on, doesn't mean that, that you are disloyal because you will have your favorite because that favorite's been imprinted on you. Maybe your dad loved Tottenham 
and so you became a Tottenham fan. Um, that's you know, uh, you know, I I got Atlanta imprinted when I was young, and then when I got interested in sports at the same time, all Atlanta sports got imprinted into me at the same time, and so there will be no other team that I support more than the Atlanta Falcons, even though they're miserable. Um, I may like other teams. I like their coaches or players or whatever, their uniforms, their city, whatever. Um, but they won't ever be my favorite because that favorite's already been imprinted. So, Eric Cantona is right. You can leave your wife. What's the quote say again? Let me, let me just, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing. <laughs> you can change your wife, your politics, your religion, but never, never... Can you change your favorite football team? Why? Because your favorite football team was imprinted on you when you were younger. Uh, doesn't mean you don't like other teams. Doesn't mean you don't like other managers. I mean, I think Jurgen Klopp, for example, is the best manager in football. He's in the perfect spot, with the perfect team. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. But, you know, but does that make me disloyal? Does that make me, I guess many of you will say so, because of that imprinting uh, that happens. So with that, um, that's it. This, this video has gone way too long and I, I hope that you continue to subscribe that uh, the people watching this will subscribe further because I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a football fan. I'm going to have my favorite teams and I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about Manchester football, good, bad, and ugly. I'm going to rail against the Glazers because I think they're awful. I'm going to talk about Manchester city. Yeah, fine. That's what I'm going to do. Ha, <laughs> you know, sue me. Come on. Come sue me. Sue me. Just sue me, okay? I have no money. Never, ever, ever sue people don't have money. Okay, rule three. All right, but all of you like other football teams besides your favorite. It's okay. Doesn't mean you're disloyal. You may admire how a team runs themselves. You may admire, like certain players. Like one of my favorite players is Harry Kane. He plays for Tottenham. I have a jersey with Harry Kane on the back of it. Now, that broke one of my cardinal rules, having someone else's name on the back of a shirt. But I really like him. Does that mean I'm disloyal to uh, my favorite teams? No. No. So, I'm just like I'm. I feel like I'm just like all of you. I just want. I'll just admit it because I'm an individualist. I'm an. I'm a rational egotist. I'm gonna be real about it. So yeah, that's what it is. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. I don't know when the next video is going to happen because, hey, I'm going to do it on my time because that's what I do. Be safe out there. Take care of each other. Um, root for your teams. Like other teams, whatever. But be safe out there. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk with you later.